The following message is from Temple Bible Church. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit www.templebiblechurch.org. When we arranged this, we didn't realize this was going to be the weekend of the garage sale. And uh, this year's beneficiaries, 100% of that goes to missions. Half of it goes to uh, Bell County Foster Love, which will be $32,000. The other $32,000 goes to Alarm. This is the first year we've honored them with that. So, uh, Thank you, thank you. Yeah, there we go. Not to you personally, brother, but to Alarm, okay? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So don't get too carried away, okay? So uh, we've introduced your friends. You want to say anything more about them uh, while they're here, or uh, we've met them? We met them, uh, except my wife. <laughs> um, maybe she will stand up again. Sorry. <laughs> Bernadette, stand up so we can wave at you. There yeah. we go. There's Bernadette. She is the first lady of alarm, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. so actually, today is our anniversary, too. How many years? 35 years. 35 years. Yes. She deserves a lot of medals down there. Yeah. There we go. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations. Thank you for putting up with me, my wife. we celebrate we celebrate a lot of things this day we celebrate alarm's anniversary it's founding 25 years ago we celebrate uh, their anniversary and uh, it's always a delight to have you guys here celestin's one of my heroes of the faith we all have different heroes and uh, really one of my heroes of the faith is this brother here we celebrate uh, more than 25 years of friendship and so uh, we're delighted to be a part of that and be a part of your life thank thank you. you thank you yeah So we're going to walk through some things. Some of you, uh, first of all, here's a verse from Psalm I'd like to share uh, from uh, Psalm 32, 33. It says, sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous ones. It's fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise him with the harp. Make music to him on the 10-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully, shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He's faithfully does all in all he does. The Lord's righteousness and justice, the earth is full of his unfailing love. When I think of alarm and the work that you guys have had, we shout joyfully today, amen? Amen. And we praise God for the work he's done and uh, the Lord loves righteousness and justice. And that's a big part of what alarm is about, the righteousness of Christ and the justice for the people of this world. And so we wanna say thanks to you for founding that. So Bernadette, thanks for you and being part of that early on as you did that. For Peter, who is now the chairman of the African board. For Rachel, who faithfully now has been with Alarm 10 years, oversees the Kenya, the whole nation of Kenya for Alarm. And uh, then for Chad and your role in development and uh, raising funds for Alarm. We say thanks to each of you. So let's thank each of these folks for the role that they have. Thank you. Thank you. So... Tell us a little bit how Alarm started. We're going to pop some pictures up for you and uh, tell us a little bit about what happened. It's also the 25th anniversary of the beginning of the killings in in Rwanda. Unfortunately, as of last night, um, Rwanda is remembering the 25th year after the genocide. So it was on April 6th night, when the plane was shot down uh, that carried the president of Rwanda and the president of Burundi, and that plane being shot down began 100 days of massacres, uh, whereby by the end of July, 
one million people were murdered. Just within 100 days, every day for 100 days, 10,000 people were being killed by machetes by their neighbors. Let that sink in for a minute. 10,000 people a day, in Slesnaw, tell me 90% of them died by machete. Every single day. Million people in four months. So we, Benedetta and I and our kids who were living in Kenya, we were finishing seminary. We had been in pastoral ministry in Rwanda before we went to Kenya. But that event which scattered another uh, three million in uh, Congo, Tanzania, and the majority of the pastors had been murdered, people murdered by their neighbors, even those who went to church together. Then the Lord put a burden on our heart to go back to begin to help the pastors who survived, to help them deal with their anger and the bitterness and the shame, and restore them back in the ministry and begin the process of discipling people. Uh, I lost my voice because, uh, uh, not because I have been crying all the time, even though I have been crying uh, morning, but uh, I have been speaking throughout the weekend and last week, so that's why my voice is, is almost gone, but um, uh, I will try my best. But at the same time, uh, we are mourning not only the death of um, about one million people killed, but also we are celebrating lives that have been saved since then because hope was not taken away as we began to work with the leaders, the pastors who survived, they began to preach the message of forgiveness and reconciliation. That's how alarm started in the tragedy. God helped us and God gave us strategies to bring hope and healing to our country of Rwanda, but also to other countries. So LARM stands for African Leadership and Reconciliation Ministries. A big part of what they do is uh, taking leaders, uh, church leaders, pastors, uh, folks just like us, uh, like you, and bringing them together so they can impact others in the different countries that they're in. So uh, behind us is a refugee camp. Uh, you, there were 1.1 million people, I think, in four different camps. And yeah. placed a burden upon you and Bernadette's heart. And uh, you have been uh, in this camp. Uh, this is uh, one of the camps outside the Goma. Uh, this, there were about four camps like this one. And uh, together, there were about actually three million. Mm. Uh, no, this four, there were about three million. And there were about one million in Tanzania. Mm. And so this is where people, when those who survived, about uh, 3.5 million fled the countries majority of them went to Congo and they lived in small place where they were dying with cholera, dysentery, typhoid. And so our ministry began actually going back in the camp, finding the pastors, helping them because even in the camp, they had to be pastors, even though they had lost their families, but people would go to, to the pastors for help. Mm. And so we went to encourage them in those camps. Mm. This gives you a feel for what it was like for folks in those camps. This goes back 25 years. As they fled, they fled really literally with the shirt on their back, and that's about it for many, many, many of them. And they were at the uh, bequest of the United Nations and others to provide just a tent so they'd have a place to live for how long? A long time, months? Uh, many lived there from 1994 until uh, 1997. Uh, 1998, wow. and in fact, even by 2008, there were still refugees who were scattered in the, in the forest of the Congo. But mm -hmm. the main camp 
lived until 1998. So four years, people lived in those refugee camps. So alarm was birthed out of tragedy. I mean, great tragedy in your nation. By God's grace, again, God is sovereign. Out of the tragedy, God many times gives strategies. Mm. And uh, you and Bernadette were in Nairobi. You're praying about what God would have you do. And how did that come about? Uh, it was a difficult time because uh, we were in our last semester, actually, at the seminary, getting ready to go back. And then we see, just like most of you saw on the news, what's going on. We began to ask ourselves, what happened? Because just a few years, in 1990, uh, the news from the missionary um, enterprise was that Rwanda was a success story. Uh, majority of the Rwandans, 92%, had become Christians. By then, in 1994, we see neighbors killing each other, pastors being killed by their own congregations, but also some priests, Catholic priests and pastors in some churches uh, locking the people, calling members of their churches in the church, then they will lock the church, they will go to call the murderers, they will murder people in the church. Mm. And then we wondered what happened, what went wrong. And we realized that for years the church in Rwanda had been focusing on conversion, not on discipleship. People went to church, but they were more loyal to their tribes rather than to Christ. Mm. But also about 80, uh, between 70, 75% of pastors had been murdered, or those who survived when in the exile, they were quitting the ministry. So really, my wife and I were called to go back, find the pastors who survived, who lost their families to begin to help them deal with the anger, shame, bitterness, and train them to go back to serve and be ho- become hope and healing for the rest mm-hmm. of the country. Mm-hmm. So this birth, as they begin to pray, what would God have us do? What would God have us do? And they sort of gone back and uh, ministering and alarm was birthed out of that great tragedy. So from that uh, humble beginning, literally in your living room with you and Bernadette praying, tell us about the map that we see in front of us. We see there, again, God has, even the tragedy God is still God. Hmm. We trusted, we asked a friend to pray with us, and <coughs> we realized what was going on in Rwanda. I'm sorry, the lack of discipleship was not only a situation in Rwanda, but most of the countries around us had the same problem tribalism and hatred. Christians didn't even know what it meant to be a Christian. And so, God um, not only helped us to have a vision but to begin to build a team of Africans Mm -hmm. in eight countries. So today, we are in Rwanda, Burundi, Congo, Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, Sudan, South Sudan. We have over 70 full-time staff in those eight countries, theologians, uh, Christian lawyers, uh, um, trained, training their own leaders, not only pastors, we train Christian leaders who may be mayors, city councillors, judges, police so that they can become Christ-like and they leave their Christian values from Monday to Sunday, not just be Christian on Sunday alone. So really that's what God has uh, enabled us to do and you have been part of it. So you went from you and Bernadette to 70 full-time workers right now. Why don't we give God glory for that? I mean, that's absolutely amazing. Amen. Amen. Thank you. 
in each of these different countries now, there are representatives of Alarm who are there sharing what God's done. And you guys have reached literally tens of thousands of people. And uh, the statistic in front of us, there was a celebration at the Dallas Zoo this week on Thursday night, a gala event for Alarm. And uh, it brought many people who've been associated with that ministry uh, together as they raised funds and thank God for and celebrated 25 years. And uh, they have trained over 150,000 servant leaders in eight countries in East and Central Africa. Amen? Amen. I mean, what an amazing, amazing thing to see. So tell us a little bit about what Alarm does. This is an example of you teaching some of the servant leaders, some of the pastors and others. And uh, is this in Sudan? This was actually in Congo. In Congo, okay. Yeah. This is recently, maybe, listen, maybe three years. Uh, one of the <clears throat> challenges we have, some pastors got into pastoral ministries. Some of them are not saved, by the way. So we don't assume that every pastor has had the gospel clearly. So we bring the gospel and some of the pastors get saved for the first time. So now you can understand if a pastor is not saved, <laughs> how he's going to lead others. <laughs> and so we make sure those who are in the ministry father they understand what the gospel is. And then we bring them together from different denominations because even in Africa, we are not only divided by our tribes, but sometimes uh, denominations have divided the people. And so our goal as Salam is how to build the body of Christ, uh, bring the pastor from different denominations, but also different tribes to unite around the biblical teaching of uh, leadership, servant leadership, forgiveness and reconciliation. So we bring together some for a week, focusing on a theme, focusing on a theological issue, focusing on a, um, an issue of, of uh, doctrine, but also helping the leaders how to get skilled to disciple the people because as I mentioned the killing in Rwanda happened because Christians killed, killed each other because their tribal identity was more important for them than their Christian identity. So really our goal is to train these pastors and the Christian uh, leaders, professionals, so they disciple the people so that they live their Christian values, their Christian identity leads everything they do. So we have programs that are short but also we have programs that train the trainers uh, four weeks per year for three years. The same group of men and women who are training, we are being tra- I mean, they are being trained. They can train their own leaders. So we develop, we train trainers so that these pastors, they can go train the people in their own churches because mm-hmm. alarm cannot train everyone. Mm-hmm. And so we really have seen the growth. We have seen even governments in some countries asking us to train some of their leaders in servant leadership, good governance, biblical justice. We have seen lawyers who were Christians didn't know their values in Christian work, mm. taking the cases of, of uh, orphans and widows, arguing their cases, getting their land back, and dealing with bribery and the corruption. So really the church becoming relevant to the people in the community. Mm. So there's a story in every one of these pictures, right? But for the sake of time, why don't you tell us the story of these two ladies over here? The two ladies, uh, ladies who were actually from the same denomination, Baptist church, two different congregations in northern Uganda, in Iguru, for six years, they hated each other because of the war that had happened in northern Uganda. You heard about the invisible children. They came from two different tribes. Their tribes killed each other. These two women are both widows from each other's tribe. 
For 60 years, they never greeted each other. They were also deaconesses in their churches. After they attended the training of alarm, uh, training women leaders about biblical forgiveness, biblical justice, forgiveness and reconciliation, and how we Christians, we model our forgiveness to the community, these women became friends. And this, this is the day they greeted each other, they hugged each other, they cried and laughed the first time in 60 years when they were able to forgive one another. Mm. This, let alone, they have together now trained over 70 women in different churches in northern Uganda out of their own tragedy and experience forgiveness. They are expanded forgiveness in more than 12 different denominations. From these women, there are more women in northern Uganda who have found hope and healing because it begins with these two women. Amen. That's a great story. So our relationship goes back a lot of years. Uh, I received a phone call Back in uh, November of 1995, actually. We were young, uh, yeah? It was, we had, had a little hair. Yeah. Uh, had a rim, actually. We call it a rim <laughs> just around the side. Um, so, yeah, that was a long time ago. And uh, so when I get this phone call from a friend of mine who worked for Dr. Ramesh Richard, who was a professor at Dallas Seminary, he said, I was at a uh, conference in, in Korea, actually, in Seoul. I met a guy from Rwanda, and that's Celestin and uh, they would like some folks to go into the refugee camps and uh, minister pastors. And so, uh, as only God can arrange it, we did that. We met Bernadette and Celestine in Nairobi for the first time. It was January 1996 when we met, and uh, God knit our hearts together. It was obvious to us uh, that God had his hand on Celestine's life, and we were privileged to be a part of bringing them to Dallas, where he since earned a PhD at Dallas Seminary. And uh, Alarm has continued to grow, and God has blessed that ministry. So, uh, as Peter said, the rest is history, right? I mean, uh, we recognize that God from this small, small uh, roots has just done a tremendous thing. And so, we as a church want to thank you guys for the investment you've made in us. And let's thank them and uh, the way they've impacted our lives over the years. So, thank you. Uh, I think we... Thank you, Gary. We... We are the one to thank you for the impact. I would say the time that Gary and uh, Tim and Craig came, that was before I came to the U.S. I had uh, uh, just two years, I had just started the ministry, struggling with the pastors who had lost their wives and children, who were giving up the ministry, who were leaving the refugee camp, and they were struggling. How can I make a difference? How can I help give hope? And so having Gary come, Gary... <clears throat> was the first pastor from America or from anywhere else to come help me train the pastors in the refugee camp in the Congo. That time, there were no many ministries going on because there was death, there were militia killing people, there were landmines, and uh, I you, didn't, you didn't, you didn't, I tell, didn't tell him. He didn't tell us all that. We didn't know there were landmines. <laughs> I knew militia. Americans, if you tell them they landmine, they say, Jesus is not sending us, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. But uh, really, the beginning, I would say, we will not be celebrating the 25 years, because for us, 25 years, out of 25 years, 23 years has been with you. Mm. And TBC has been, from the time we met, before even many of you knew me, you stood with us. You helped us before you knew us. Then, let alone my wife and the kids came. And we continue going back. Gary went back to Kenya and then to Rwanda and then to 
Tanzania and then back to Kenya, we as alum, we say without TBC, I don't even know that we, have, we would have lasted more than two years or three years. And so we are here to really thank God. We are here to celebrate what God has done by his grace through TBC. When I came to TBC, I mean to that seminary, the only family I knew I had was here. Because my, members of my family, some of them had been murdered in Rwanda. And when we came here, of course, before I met anyone here, I had met Greg and Pam Gickerson at the core of the conference. And so then uh, uh, when I came, I had met Gary and the, the Gickersons, and the whole church embraced us. Until today, our children have their uncles, their aunties here. We have uh, uh, those days I remember when uh, I would go back and forth from Dallas, going back to the camps in Tanzania. Many times I didn't even know I would be back alive because I was on the list of the people to be murdered because of what I was teaching. And so Greg and Pam Grickerson wrote a legal letter, I record affidavit that if I, had, if I was killed, they would take care of my family. That's how much mm -hmm. the church cared for us. Gary and Bev made sure we were fed. It was called, did you eat? Did you feed your wife? And did you take care of your family? There will always be food. Uh, we have keys to some of the homes. Uh, we, Wendy and uh, I hope I don't embarrass them. Uh, Steve and Wendy Wolf, we have keys to their house, whether they are here in town or not. We go to the house to sleep, and our kids, when they, they came 12 years old, they were sleeping in their home. When the Providence was doing her residence here, at uh, the age of now an adult, I can't tell the, the age, <laughs> she was sleeping in the same bed. So we, as a family, as a ministry, we want to say thank you. We have a small gift to Gary, and uh, there will be a small gift for the church. We are still preparing it. I want to ask a child that give you the gift that the staff family has you prepared know, as, for as you. Chad is coming, it's really through your generosity that any of this happened. So let's give God glory for your generosity amen, amen. and all that he's done. There are many, many of you who, I will say, who have even taught us how to dance, you know. <laughs> and many of you, I can't mention the names, you have loved us so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, we give God the glory for your love and generosity. And Gary, thank you for loving us well. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you. There we go. That is absolutely beautiful. Take a look at that, guys. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Chad, thank you. Thank you. Love you, guys. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Wow, it's beautiful. There's also some tea in there. And some tea. Would you mind taking that down there? There we go. Tea from Rwanda. Yes. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. Let's thank these guys for. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. So, 25 years is quite a milestone, right? And uh, we pray for 25 more years. Amen. And we pray that you will continue to accompany us. We have a saying in Africa, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Mm. Please, would you go together again with us in the next mm. 25 years? So the way I want to wrap this up is uh, God did a work in your life, and we have friends here that need to hear about forgiveness. First of all, forgiveness they find personally in Christ, because some may not know Christ. And then others like you have been through great tragedy, and uh, some don't walk in forgiveness yet. And so they struggle with bitterness or anger or 
It may be with a spouse, it may be with a family member, it may be with uh, a, a, a friend that they used to be with. So would you share a little bit about uh, the forgiveness that's found in Christ and uh, just preach for a couple of minutes, how's that? <laughs> Thank you. And, and you've got five minutes. Okay, five minutes. <laughs> for an African preacher, man. Yeah, African preacher. That's, that's not even an introduction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say really uh, what makes a difference after all is for me to understand what cost for my salvation. Bible says, while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so for me, uh, that's the beginning, understanding that God's gift of salvation is by grace. It's because Christ died for me, God prepared everything that I needed just for me to say, I accept. Mm. I didn't have to do anything. I grew up offering the blood of chicken, blood of animals, worshiping the ancestors, hoping that the blood of animals would give me life, but there was no life. It was when I met this missionary who came to my village, shared about the gospel, the love of God, who sent his son to die, and he died for my sins, and when I placed my faith in him, my sins are forgiven. That's when life began. And so for me, life began when I realized in Christ I have hope. But as we all live, as we become believers, we encounter some challenges. And in the aftermath of the genocide, my family was murdered, not during the genocide, but three years in the revenge that followed. My father, my brother, his wife, his child, and my adopted sister, and 70 members of my congregation in my village were all killed in less than 12 minutes. I was at a seminary that time, and uh, um, I heard that they were murdered. The first question I asked was, where was God? And God reminded me that he was there, just like he was at the cross when his son was mm. killed. And God asked me to do what I've been teaching others to do, to go find those who murdered my family and forgive them. And begin hope begin a new life, and hopefully begin a journey that may lead towards reconciliation. So I found myself going back to Rwanda, finding relatives of those who murdered, forgiving them, and asking them to take care of my mother, who survived uh, after spending between four and five hours under the dead bodies. Because forgiveness means to hope again. And I want to tell you, it was not easy but God does not ask us what is easy. But he tells us that he will be with us. And that began a journey not only in our life, but also in the life of my community, so that people begin to realize that through forgiveness, through Christian forgiveness, we can give hope to others. And so, but that began the healing in our hearts because no bitterness, no shame, no guilt on both sides. And so, really forgiveness brings hope brings healing. And forgiveness, it has been said, and forgiveness is like taking poison, think the other person will die. Mm. So when we don't forgive, really we are double victims of, victim of what we are doing at ourselves, but also become the perpetrators. My challenge, my encouragement for us is, let's trust the Lord because we as Christians have been given the gift of forgiveness, not to keep for ourselves, but also as a grace to pass on. It is not easy, but it is possible. 
And I want to encourage us not to think that when you forgive, you reconcile. Because most of the, after spending time with Americans, most of people think, oh, forgiveness is the reconciliation. Oh, it means if I forgive him today, then I embrace him today. No. Forgiveness is the decision that you make despite the other person. It doesn't depend on anything. It depends on you. You can forgive someone without reconciling with them. Reconciliation requires both of you to begin to change the attitude and behavior. And hopefully it may take a week, two weeks, a year, three years. But reconciliation demands, demands that you all both work on changing. But forgiveness is a decision that you can make. Even today, before you go, you can make the decision to forgive. To let go of the anger and the bitterness and desire to revenge. Because unforgiveness makes you even a worse person. Mm. Forgiveness gives you freedom to worship the Lord. And finally, he says, Jesus tells his disciples, if you come to worship, if you come to offer your offering, and you have something against your brother, or your brother has something against you, don't do the offering. Don't even worship me. You go be reconciled, and then come to offer your offering. God requires more of reconciliation, forgiveness, than worship. Mm. Let's begin with forgiveness, and then come to worship him. Thank you. Mm. Let's thank our brother for being with us again. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, took more than five minutes. Yeah. So, you know, forgiveness is this way first. It's us and the Savior coming together with him to accept him and him alone for our salvation. And then there's forgiveness horizontal, forgiveness with one another. And uh, you're looking at a man who forgave people who murdered his family. And some of you have been through difficult things, I know. Uh, Probably not many of us have been through what he's been through. But when you're forgiven this way, the scriptures say, you have to forgive this way. It's part of who we are. And so thank you for that message that you delivered to us over and over. We never get tired of hearing it because it's a message we need to hear and we need to apply and we need to have in our hearts. So here's here's what I'd like to do. Would you guys, uh, Peter, Bernadette, and Rachel, would you guys mind slipping out into the lobby? Chad, slipping out into the lobby. And uh, we wanna, if there's a visitor center out there, we want to greet them and thank them for being with us uh, today. So you can walk out following the service. Just take a minute and greet them. Providence Emmanuel down here. You guys stay here. Uh, we'll have some folks greet you down here. I'm going to bring Celestin down here with me for you guys to come by and shake his hand and just to thank him for the powerful testimony that God's imprinted on his heart. So uh, let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace. Thank you for the work that you've done through our brother and through Alarm. And uh, Father, we look at 150,000 men and women who've been trained to take the gospel and the message of forgiveness and reconciliation. God, would you bring about healing there? And Lord, we need that same message right here. Lord, in in our own hearts individually and certainly as a nation. When we look at the rhetoric around us and hear the things we hear, uh, Lord, we need forgiveness and reconciliation to take place right where we are. So we commit our way to you, we commit our day to you, we commit our lives to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Bless you, you're dismissed. Come and greet Celestin down here. Meet our friends out in the lobby. Come and see Providence Emmanuel. Bless you.